Hello there, Life Church Global. We wish you a very happy and blessed Resurrection Saturday. Happy Resurrection Saturday there. We take this opportunity to thank Pastors Kelsey and John. That's right. For this opportunity to bring the Word of God to you. Amen. Thank you. The Christian calendar has limited this day to just one single day mm -hmm. of the year. But actually, Resurrection Day is every day. Amen. Come on. Jesus didn't die and rose again just for one day mm -hmm. or one month or a particular season of the year. That's right. That's right. Neither did he die for a certain group of people. Mm -hmm. Very true. God the Father sent his Son because he loved the whole world. Amen. Come on. Jesus died for us all. Yes. And he rose to make available the uh, reconciliation Amen. for all of us. That's right. So live in the power that raised Christ Jesus. Come on. Amen. It is available for you and for me. That's right. So enjoy living your life in this power. We love you. Hello again. And welcome to this amazing, amazing word of grace. He is risen. He is risen and he lives forevermore. He is risen. He is risen. Come on and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate him at all times, in all moments. As Savi said earlier that Unfortunately, resurrection has become a dogma. It's become a doctrine that is uh, now perhaps fit to be put in a museum. But resurrection is not a dogma, neither is it a, a doctrine. It is an experience that is always expecting the newness of life. And we got to know this. In the midst of disappointments, in the midst of all that is happening, resurrection is the core of our faith. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that if you don't have the knowledge or the faith in the resurrection, our faith is vain. So I want you to get this. And today we will be looking at Mark 16. And I may say a few strange things, but as you know me, so that's okay. And wherever you are, at home, in your office, and a cup of coffee in your um, kitchen, wherever you are, I love this word to soak and penetrate deep into your being. Okay, so here we go. Mark chapter 16. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene 
Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said amongst themselves, Who will roll the stone from the dough of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be afraid, do not be alarmed. Why? You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they have laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is gone before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. And so they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. For they, had, they were trembling and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, some of your Bibles, like even mine, will continue from there, from verse 9 right down to verse 20. But in the original text, in the original writings, it ends in verse 8. It was in the second century, the scribes, who knows, they may have been like me. I don't know, but they added it all. Now, I said may have been like me primarily because uh, quite often I don't like the endings of movies. Why? They keep you guessing or they just stop abruptly. No meaning. So movie endings to me sometimes, I think most often, are not very happy things. And here in Mark chapter 8, it is something like this. We are kept suspended. In the original text, they fled, they went away, told nothing. That's it. That's how it ends. Frustrating, right? Because we always want something added to that. We, we want the verse 20 to come in and they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord was with them confirming the word. Oh, wow. Signs and wonders. Or again, we want to see uh, that amazing, amazing appearance to the disciples. Something that will give some kind of credibility to his resurrection. But you know what? Faith is most demonstrated when there is hardly a visibility. And so we don't see Jesus here, as in the other texts in Matthew and Luke. And even John has 
the appearance of Jesus' resurrection. But here, there's no Jesus. Now, obviously, he has risen. And the angel is saying, he's not there. He's not here. Go see where, the place where he has been laid. Or where he is. And then later on, we learn where he is or where he was going. But there is also someone who is not here. And that's Peter. Can you imagine? The one who in 50 days time was going to be the most outstanding preacher is no, not there. In fact, it's a concern for these Spice Girls, as I call them. Who is going to roll the stone? Yeah, come on, the men are not there. We, we're not strong like the men. We only brought these spices to anoint the body. Peter is not there. Now, we wonder where they are. Bartholomew is not there. Matthew is not there. We later learn that in the other stories that they were in the upper room. Were they afraid? Were they disappointed? Were they, have they lost hope? And while Peter perhaps was standing near the cross, was he looking at the crucified, his master crucified, and thinking, this is the end. This is the end. And, and we know that he's disappointed because uh, when we go into John's gospel at the end, he says, let's go fishing. And yet, the word is, go tell his disciples and Peter, singled out. Imagine that. A man who denied three times, not once, not twice, but three times. But isn't it beautiful to learn how Jesus addressed him. And he said, Peter, Simon, this is in Luke chapter 22, verse 32. Simon, the devil has asked to sift you. And in the original text, it is also implying that Jesus has allowed it. He says, but when you return back to faith, Strengthen your brothers. What a, what a God who's always having faith, even in failure. Even when, and that is what faith is all about. Faith is most powerful. Let me say this to you. When there's an absence or a, yeah, an absence of evidence. Here's something else. Faith is most powerful and most demonstrated. Are you ready for this? When you fear. Now let me give you encouragement. If there's someone here today listening to this and you're in fear and you are in doubt and you have failed and this message today is for you in particular. I want to tell you something. Faith or fear is an invitation to faith. And if you read the stories that while Jesus was on earth, 
and as he walked in various places, he would always say, fear not, only believe. So fear and faith, they go together. Please remember, fear is not real. Faith is real. But unfortunately, because of the kind of cheap faith, like cheap grace, that is being presented to the world, and we need to change the perception that people have of God. We need to change that. And so, because of that perception, people think faith is very cheap. Faith is a cheap imitation of trying to get what you want. How about when it's not coming? How about when things are not happening the way and, and when it's out of control? Peter was a person who wanted things in his control. For example, when he's with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he takes a sword and he uses it and just chops off a person's ear. Because he wanted to be in control. The sword gave him strength. But when he came to the real, when, he, when the rubber hit the road, he denied Jesus thrice. But look at Jesus. He had faith in this man. And so, I want you to know, you who are in fear, you who are feeling failure, doubt, having issues in your life about your relationship with God, God is saying to you today, I'm there. Maybe Peter didn't want to come because it was dark and he was afraid of the dark because of the memories that could have come to him because it was in the dark that he denied Jesus. He was afraid of the tohu wabohu. He was afraid to enter into that place or that space of darkness. And here's something else that you should know. It is in the midst of that darkness. It is in the Tohua Bohu issue. Creation is most manifest. Remember in, the, in Genesis chapter 1, it was there that there was darkness. It was all waste. And he said, be light, and there was light. In the space of darkness, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. So, in the midst of thick darkness. So it could be because they come around, the time period there is around between 3 and 6 in the morning. And Peter may have been either sleeping or a bit traumatized by his denial. And so he didn't want to walk in the dark. I want you to know something else. Today is knowing a lot of things. While you are worrying, while you are walking in that worry, God is working. God is working out his miracle for you. And so when these spice girls come to the tomb, they see this young man seated there. It's already done. They were wondering who's going to roll this stone. It's quite heavy. But it's done. And they are amazed and perplexed. And there they see this young man who had done it. Every uh, commentators, as I said before, and authorities say that that was an angel. And he was seated on the stone that was rolled. 
Now, when we read Matthew's version of this story, you would see a little more description to what happened. There was an earthquake. Matthew loves earthquakes, I think, even in uh, when uh, Jesus breathed his last and said, it is finished. It says there was an earthquake. Anyway, there was an earthquake. It, it gives you a little more clarity as to how things happen. But in that earthquake, the angel moves and rolls the stone away. And so, what is this angel doing in Mark? In Mark's version, he's seated on the stone. What does it mean? Two things. In the Jewish custom, when a rabbi or a teacher is teaching his disciples, he is seated. He's not standing like I am doing. I, hey, listen, I need to be seated and teaching you, yeah? Ah, no, just joking with you. But a rabbi would sit when Jesus went into the synagogues. He sat and he taught. So, what does that mean? It means that it's a place of authority in which he sits. And what's he sitting on? The stone that was rolled away. In other words, this stone cannot go back to where it came from. Your problem, your boulder, your boundaries, your issues and worries cannot return back from where it was taken. That's why you have today the promise, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And you wonder, hey, I've been casting all my cares upon him. And yet I keep having it. I'll give you the reason. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 5, from where that comes, there are things that you need to do before you cast your worry. First thing is humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. And then submit yourself. You're finding it very difficult. And then cast your cares upon him. For he cares for you. And then in due course, he will exalt you. He will exalt me. So we need to take the text of the scriptures, not in isolation, but within its context, and then see the manifestation. Imagine, in these days I've been uh, taking the church through uh, doing a Bible study on imagination. And God has uh, blessed me with some revelation, not a new revelation. It has been there. And it was working in me many, many years ago. It was one of my main uh, methods of operating in faith, imagination. And then somewhere down the li line, just like a little child after six years, when various rules and regulations, or again, uh, intelligence, the left brain takes over and moves the right brain away, which is full of intuition and crea creativity. Somewhere down the line, I lost that. But God's re recovering it. He's restoring it because God wants me in that place to imagine. So I read the scriptures today imaginatively. I imagine if I uh, raise this book and show it to you, and if you have it in front of you and you look at it, you see letters. You see letters. But if I ask you to close your eyes, which I'm going to do, and I say, now, see a dog. Close your eyes and 
Imagine a dog. You see a dog? Of course, I don't know whether you're seeing a dog or not, but I believe you're seeing a dog. And then in count of three, one, two, three, open your eyes. What happens? You've seen a dog. I'm sure many of you, if not all, have seen a dog. Now, I want to ask you a question. Did you see the letters D-O-G? Or did you see a dog? You saw a dog. So this book has letters. But when you read it, you have to go beyond that. You have to imagine what it's saying there. And here is this young man seated on this. Now, why is he seated on a stone? Is he tired? Did he run? Like in recent times, I've heard people running and preparing themselves. Recently, we had the whole of WOW, including uh, my dear son again, Pastor John and Kelsey, running for Iron Man. <laughs> now, was this... Uh, angel tired after moving this stone and therefore seated. No. I have to read it and see that he's seated on this so stone for two reasons. One is to declare that he's got authority over this stone, this boulder, and it shall never ever go back to where it came from. Your problems, unless you give power to it, Remember this, can never go back. That's the resurrection life. We're living in the resurrection. Now, sometimes we don't see what's happening. And just because we don't see, doesn't mean that we don't have faith. Faith is not all the time trying to bring into reality what we don't see. Just because we don't see does not mean that it is not there. And when the angels said, who do you seek? Ha <laughs> ha. Jesus of Nazareth, he's not here. He's not here. In the most powerful moment, in the most powerful demonstration of God, Jesus is not there. How often most of us want to see Jesus? Yeah, it's a, I, I know it's a beautiful experience. I've seen him a few times in his spiritual form, I mean. But how often we want to see. But faith, we walk by faith, not by sight. And faith is most demonstrated, as I said before, when there is no evidence, when there is fear, when there is doubt. So Jesus is on his way to raise a little child, Matthew chapter 9. And the servant of that person comes and says, Don't bother the master. The child is dead. And Jesus looks around and says, Fear not, only believe. Why? Because fear is an invitation. I say it again over and over again. Don't fear, fear. God has not given to you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And if there is any meaning to this resurrection story, it is go do what you've been asked to do. What is it? Go tell his disciples, I will not, I will meet them in Galilee. Now again, let your imagination run. Let it, let it just flow. Why Galilee? And then says his disciples and Peter. But why Galilee? Because that is where Peter began his walk with his Lord. 
That is where Peter took the Lord around and miracles happened. And Jesus wanted Peter to come back and prepare himself. Forget about your fishing. Declutter yourself from fishing and start thinking about the work that you and I did today. For I have a word for you, Peter. Greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. So Peter, get ready. 50 days time, you're going to preach. Ha, he's not even here. He's not even here. Women had to come. But you see, there's hope for you, for me. Even in our denial, we've been recommissioned. He was promoted, not penalized. He was raised up to an apostle's position and not demoted and kicked out. And that's resurrection because resurrection raises you up. And the second reason why he's sitting on that stone is because he's seated in a position of authority to speak. And it is from that place of authority that he says, go, tell the disciples and Peter. It's from a position of authority that we speak, beloved. And where are we today? We have been raised, Ephesians chapter 2. Raised. And we are now seated. He says, I go to prepare, John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. What's that place? It's a place of authority. It's a realm where you and I can operate from. And so when the angel is seated on this stone, he is seated in a position of authority to speak the commission. Jesus did that in Matthew chapter 28. All authority and power has been given unto me. Go ye therefore and preach. It is from that place of authority that we can go forth. And I tell you, beloved, the world is yet to see the supernatural. The world is yet to see what you and I can do for the glory of the extension of the kingdom of God. Because the world has not seen resurrection power it speaks of resurrection power, but has not seen the dead raised. A few here and there scattered. I have myself uh, personally raised a person from the dead and raised people from comas. But it stopped. Why did it stop? Because my imagination being uh, spoiled, blurred through the doctrine that I suddenly learned theologically. Ah, let's get back. So what is this story? It ends with unexpected frustration. It's not like the other stories. But in that unexpected frustration, when you and I are in this place of saying, what is this? We came to do something, but when what we came to do this is what God says. You do what you have to do. I will do what you can't do. I will do what is not being done. You do what you have to do. And what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to go and make disciples. Go and see the transformation. There are certain responsibilities that you and I need to take. And the resurrection power, this is our faith. Our faith 
is there even if we don't see. Remember in Hebrews 11:13, it speaks about Abraham. It speaks about the patriarchs. And they say, all these, they did not see the promise. Abraham, for example, he was called to be the father of many nations. But was he the father of many nations in his lifetime? No. But yet it says in Hebrews 11:13, they saw it from afar, that faith. And so today, on Resurrection Sunday, or on resurrection, I want you to know that God has called you to a life of faith. And this story, which abruptly ends in at verse 8. I don't like the ending, like some movies. I like verse 20. I like all the places where it speaks of what he did in those 50 days from the time of rising up until he recommissions them with the Holy Spirit. I I like all that. But I'm learning to walk by faith. That even when there is nothing, because it's in the nothingness that God creates. It's in the darkness, in the tohuwa bohu. I speak light and there is light. And what I speak comes into being. Even if I don't see. Abraham, hope upon hope believed and so today resurrection I pray into your life a resurrection maybe there are certain areas that have died and I know during this period people have got complacent ah man oh man people have got comfortable I never knew it until it happened people have kind of withdrawn And they're seeking for other places to try to resurrect their Christian life. You'll not find it. You find it when there's faith applied to the lack of evidence. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up on wings. They shall mount up like eagle. Shall run and not be weary. Walk and not faint. Why? Because you're waiting. So take this word today and run with it. And I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to speak resurrection life into areas that are dead in your life. And please be honest. Please come into the presence of God. I I believe you're already there. But please come with a heart that is honest. There's some people who have given up. Some people who were involved in things within the church, but have now withdrawn, gone back. I speak to you if you're listening. Resurrection life. I don't see it happening, but I believe it will happen. And you will come back because there is a message for you with authority. Go. Go where? Where I'm sending you. Go to Galilee. Wait for me there. I'm going to come. Because when I come, we're going to walk again. And then we also know in Luke chapter 24 at the end, that while he was ascending, he blessed. He still blesses you. He still blesses you. He's blessing me. He's not forgotten. 
So I'm going to pray for you right now, Father. And if there's anybody here who has a sense of hopelessness, anybody who's watching has not really come into a relationship with the living God. I speak life because where you're dead in trespasses and trespass is not sin. Remember that. There are certain activities that you've been involved in and I speak life there. And if it's an activity that has not given you life or separated you or taken you away from God, your job could be taking you away from God. You were not working, you suddenly after some time got a job and you now have separated yourself because you want to give your job more time than God himself who gave you the job. I speak life there, that together with the job, because God is not going to take the job away. Gift and calling are without repentance. I speak life and life more abundantly into you. Financial difficulties and turmoil. I speak finances into your life. It's not going to come from heaven. It's going to come because you suddenly get a rejuvenated life and desire to come out from your box and believe God who will make all grace abound in you that you have all sufficiency in all things to abound unto every good work. I love you. I speak life to you. Resurrection life. And remember, even if you don't see you may be walking without seeing, but God is working your miracle out. You may be walking without seeing, but God is working your miracle out. He does not sleep, He does not slumber. He is working your miracle out. Receive it. Love you. Be blessed.